movie marks. Johnny Spade, Johnny Blaze, Johnny Ultra, Johnny Superstar, Johnny Onyx, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Caballero, Johnny Game Changer, most importantly to our audience, Boone. But today we add another. We're the movie marks, and today we're grappling with Stormageddon, starring Johnny Storm, a.k.a. John Morrison. Welcome to the Movie Marks, the podcast where we discuss movies starring professional wrestlers who act like amateurs. I'm Chris Sacco, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the Pierre de my Jacques, Chris Kramer. Ooh, uh, that's very international flair this week. Um, also, good chance we did this one already. Do I remember this? Okay, so so this is another thing. Listeners, if, if you keep track of our tag teams, <laughs> let us know. I don't know. I don't think we've done this, but you know, it's 50-50. Uh, I am thankful of that, though. I'm a big PCO fan, so... Thank you for making me Pierre. Yeah, I've I've always kind of been into Jacques, but I know that at least 70% of all people hate him, so I don't know how I should feel about him, but I've always kind of liked him. <laughs> um, so anyway, bef- before I, I guide you through the uh, thrill fest that is Stormageddon, um, we have some listener feedback into the toll-free hotline. So um, do you remember the episode Sting Moment of Truth, Kramer? I, I do. I, I watch it. I should listen to it and watch the film every day. Okay. Well, well. speaking of watching the film, if you recall, you did not actually watch the entire movie. There, there was a, a weird thing where your YouTube copy was different than my YouTube copy somehow. <laughs> and, uh, and you missed scenes and were lost. So uh, a listener named Pete wrote in, and he said he was trying to find the complete version on YouTube. And all he could find was the broken up one like you had. But apparently the stuff that I saw that you didn't is part of the director's cut of Sting Moment of Truth. That movie has a director's cut. Wait, why? Now, I don't know. I do not know if if this listener is just saying that to be sort of cute that there's a director's cut. But he, they, the extra scenes are on YouTube, but you have to search for the director's cut of Sting Moment of Truth. And then it's just that one interaction with that college reporter guy. So uh, he told you, if you want to go back and fill in the gaps of what you missed, it's, it's apparently available. So that, that's okay. for you. I will, I will take a look for the what I'm sure is like called like the Stinger's Splash Edition or something. <laughs> uh, uh, Tony Khan will release it as part of the uh, <laughs> AEW Sting retrospective at some point. <laughs> All the all the footage that was from TNA and WWE will just be replaced by him and Darby Allen doing stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, so now now it is time for our film that we're doing the 2015 direct to TV video, maybe released in Europe somewhere. Movie, I don't know what it is. There's no reason to know what it is. I've noticed there's a lot of posters for this movie online that are in different languages. Yes, um, <laughs> I, the, <laughs> this one is directed by Nick Lyon who makes this movie repeatedly and spoilers to you and our listeners. We will be revisiting the Nick Lyon filmography (laughs) multiple times in the future. I looked at his IMDb and one of his films that he is currently working on is called Titanic 666. Yes. And I am pretty pumped to find out what that is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm hoping that someone sneaks in there in a cameo, you know, so, so, so so that we can get it on our show. Uh, so our movie starts, and right away, it's an oh boy situation, because this one starts with some of the worst-looking CGI drones 
in the history of mankind. And this is 2015, right? <laughs> yeah, it's early PlayStation graphics. It really is. This opening scene, I'm going to explain, but do not pay too much attention because it does not matter. So there, there's drones flying. We're inside a military bunker. The They're running some kind of drills. I don't know. They're flying these drones. They're doing stuff. Either it's a drill or they're going after actual targets. And then at some point, the system gets overtaken by old-timey cartoons. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that sounds like a joke. It's not. Like, their fancy computer military screens start looking like, you know, like Steamboat Willie, basically. <laughs> The drones are taken over and they're flown into like major cities across the world and start blowing up buildings. And so that's how our movie starts. Yep. Uh, no storm yet. No, no. Just just some just some drone explosion action. Uh, one of the guys uh, who was in the room, uh, the control center of these drones, walks outside. He's a he's a bald looking guy. He walks outside. He gets into a car where there's an identical twin of him, I guess. And they're talking all stoically, like, oh, the plan has come to fruition. So apparently these guys are evil in some capacity. And then the bunker they were in blows up as well. So I mean, this guy was standing in the background of this shot inside this bunker the entire time. And immediately, you know, this man is evil. So I don't know how he even got in there to begin with. <laughs> right. He He looks as though... He's the one who's going to try and steal the drones. I mean, <laughs> my uh, my note there is that that these two guys look like aliens, which, for the record, it does not turn out to be true, but it's pretty close. My, my first note is alien or clone. <laughs> um, and then my second note is when does the storming begin? Because we still haven't seen any storms. So I'm, I'm already concerned about that. There there's a I'm just going to be honest with everyone. There's a lot of nonsense in this movie. And I didn't take careful notes of the nonsense because I could tell that it was nonsense. So I would just I didn't waste my 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 wrist energy to write this down. You ever watch a movie where you immediately know nothing matters? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's basically what it is. There, there's basically there's a government group who's concerned with the theft of these drones, and they enlist the aid of government agents to go do stuff. It's never clear what side any of these people are on, but basically our next scene, we're at a high school football stadium <laughs> or something. It's Friday Night Lights. <laughs> um, so we're at an empty high school football stadium. Um, one of the bald guys is sitting in the stadium by himself. I don't know how these other people found him. It's revealed that he used to go to high school here. I, none of this makes sense, especially once we find out stuff later. But whatever. These two agents come upon him. They're talking. He's being vaguely evil. They kind of sense that he's being vaguely e evil, and he gets shot in the head. I, like Basically out of nowhere. It's not even clear that they think he's a bad guy. This one agent is just kind of seems like he wants to shoot people in the head. Yeah, he's like the non-wild wild card character. <laughs> yeah, it's and these are all the most uninteresting actors and characters. And, and I'll say that none of them are bad, per se. It's just like... They're just clearly like, well, we're here to make some money, you know, and that's it. So this guy gets shot in the head. They don't do anything with the body. They're just like, yeah, job well done. And then they get back in their car and they leave. They leave this body. <laughs> so yeah, so it, some like it, high schooler can find it tomorrow. If you're some kind of government like, you know, cleanup crew taking care of problems, I feel like you don't leave bodies laying in the middle of a 
high school football field. <laughs> nah, nah, the the the, uh, the coach or the janitor will deal with it in the morning. Um, we we get a, a zoom in on the dead bald guy's face, and of course the bullet wound heals, and now we know that he is some kind of healing creature. It's vaguely animatronic, so I guess you can see where that's going. He's he's an android or robot or something. And now we cut to different characters who are going to tangentially tie into this plot in confusing and disturbing ways. <laughs> uh, we meet Molly and Carrie, who, and I'm going to have to enlist the help of uh, my co-host to explain this to me. Are they journalists, Kramer? I think they are. There's no, like, it's implied. It's never, like, mentioned if they work at a newspaper, a TV show, a magazine, the internet. Who knows? <laughs> we're we're going to come back to this because there's stuff that happens later that makes it even more confusing. But anyway, we meet these two women. Molly is, uh, is going to be our lead uh, female character. She's played by Eve Morrow, who's in a lot of these sort of low-budget, sci-fi-ish, fantasy-ish movies. She pops up a lot. And they're walking through the street. Basically, we're, we're trying to get character backstory. Carrie wants her Molly to try online dating. None of this stuff matters. No. So I don't even know why we're going through all this, but it's basically to establish her that she's lonely, I guess. I and, guess. and again, even that doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. No, and Molly is doing some top-shelf bad phone acting. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like, what? This is insane. Can you believe this is happening? Evidently, these drones are just attacking cities, and some people just have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that happens much like our um, Three Ninjas, uh, what is it, High Noon at... At Mega Mountain. Mega Mountain. There you go. Things occur in this movie and no one gives a shit in the backgrounds or other <laughs> cities or nearby. You know, that that amusement park was hijacked. No one cared. Here, drones are attacking the world and everyone's just like, you know, going to get bagels and coffee. <laughs> they go into their office. Again, could be journalists, could be something else. No idea. It's just an office. And Molly has received a mysterious package with a necklace in it and a VHS tape. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Things you should know from movies. Never open a mysterious package. <laughs> never watch a mysterious VHS tape. Uh, they, they go to like their, I don't know, <laughs> like high school AV audio club or whatever to figure out how to play this VHS tape. And it turns out the tape is from Molly's father, who she thought had died 20 years ago or something. This is also confusing. It doesn't really make sense. But regardless, they've been estranged. And he tells her in the vaguest possible language that the world is coming to an end. He doesn't explain how or why or what to do about it. He just says, there's no time. We don't have time. This this tape was not made under duress. He's by himself. He could have <laughs> he explained more. Yeah. He's a, it's not like someone's like chasing him. He's not sweaty or anything. He's just talking. I have a question for you, actually, while we're right here. Sure. Since we're using a VHS tape. Uh, what year does this movie take place? Okay, so throughout this movie, we're going to skip ahead a bit here, I guess. They are calling back technology of bygone eras for reasons that I couldn't understand either. There's the VHS tape, and I don't know. It's not supposed to date it in time. It's supposed to imply, I think, that they're using old technology so that they can avoid detection by the androids. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes sense in that you're telling me that, but I don't think the movie thinks that makes sense. I don't think so either, but it's supposed to be, you know, a present day situation, you know, the cell phones and stuff like that. So none of it makes sense. Nothing in this movie makes sense. 
No, nothing makes sense. Her father on the video says that Molly needs to find a guy named Thomas Kelso. Johnny Kelso. <laughs> um, and and the, the way that... Okay, I'm going to try and explain this. He's important, but he won't admit who he is unless you say his real name, which is Adam. Sure. I don't... Whatever. Okay, movie, that's how you want this to happen. Sure. Yeah. Also, just so we're all aware, um, ever since that 70s show existed, characters can no longer be named Kelso. It's it's so strange that they pick that name. I mean, I, I don't know... I just don't know why you would pick that name. It is a highly specific name <laughs> at this point that has a a pop culture like significance. Yes. And I, I just, whatever. It, it doesn't And we're also going to find out this is a, a, a well I guess we know it already. It's a fake name. So maybe that's part of the joke that Adam really <laughs> is a fan of that 70s show. <laughs> so like I said, the, the Molly's father provides no real information other than go find this clown Kelso. Uh man, uh, there's a very long drawn out search for this guy, right? Like they take forever to find him. No, he's pretty much the first name in the phone book that they find. Okay, cool, convenient. I, I, I love it too that you know we're gonna find out this character went into hiding, and I love it that he apparently went into hiding like down the block. Like he didn't he didn't go particularly no. far to hide. No, he got like a cable installation job like yeah, in the same town. I, and that's where we meet the star of our film, Thomas Kelso. Uh, who I'll be referring to as Adam throughout this, because that's his real name. And this is, of course, played by Movie Marks alum, one of our favorites, former Tough Enough winner, John Hennigan. I don't know, what, what, what should we call him in this, Hennigan or Morrison? Uh, let's go with Morrison. Well, we'll probably have to do some sort of weird combo, because he's wrestling as Hennigan mostly now, right? Uh, he's wrestling as Johnny, whatever the name of the company he is wrestling at. I both love and am astonished that that's part of his gimmick and has never changed, that he just adds the, <laughs> the name after of Johnny. Whatever he's doing. <laughs> you, you know, we we joke, uh, we, you know, John Hennigan is one of my favorite Movie Marks alums. Like, I just have a soft spot for him. And he just seems like someone I want to know. Like, that sounds creepy, right? Like, most wrestlers, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't care less if I ever met them because they probably are terrible people. But he just seems like a guy, like, I'd like to hang out with. I don't know. He just seems like he's rather chill. He's just down for whatever. Yeah, when he was on Survivor, he ran through all his nicknames in, like, one of those interviews with Jeff Probst. And uh, and it took him, like, a, like nine minutes to go through, like, the mayor of Slamtown, the, you know, <laughs> Johnny Impact, all these ridiculous ones. I never saw him on Survivor. Did he do any parkour on Survivor? No. Um, and he got, I, I mean, geez, I'm going to have to cut this, I guess. But he he did pretty well. He got wrapped into an alliance with, like, a bunch of guys. They called themselves, like, the bro squad or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and it, you know, it was part, partly a joke. But basically, it was all the big guys. And he got, they, they let a nerd in. And he was, like, their honorary bro. And then they all got blindsided by the nerd. <laughs> That's how they all got eliminated. <laughs> As it should be, nerds yeah. for life. <laughs> and he was a pretty good sport about it too. He was, he was, he was happy about it. Anyway, this is now survive. I honestly, Kramer, seriously, if you want to do a Survivor podcast, because I know you've never watched Survivor, I will rewatch every season of Survivor with you and do a podcast with, oh, with a geez. newbie. That, I, I will do could, that. That could be a thing because I really have not watched Survivor. Oh, I would, I would love doing that. So, <laughs> and honestly, we could probably get heading in to do it, right? <laughs> All right, we'll put that in the books. Send that over to uh, legal, see if we can clear that. 
Um, so, so my next note after we meet uh, Johnny Adam, whatever his name is, Johnny Adam, <laughs> like you said, he were he's he's in a vague warehouse. He's some kind of cable guy. And my note is that I can tell this movie is going to be really boring and stupid, but it's not particularly poorly made. The director seems to have a handle on like standard filmmaking techniques. And I appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, when you're somebody that has made, like, I forget what was on his IMDb, but we're looking at, like, 40, 50 movies, you are at least competent at making movies. Yeah, I mean, the special effects are atrocious, but, that you know, that that's not really his fault. That's just a budgetary thing. There's these CGIBs that we're about to find out that look like they're from the Truth Smoking Campaign. <laughs> I don't even think they look that good. <laughs> Um, so Adam is at his job. He gets a phone call, which should be a red flag already. Who would be calling this guy in hiding? But anyway, he takes the phone call and it's Molly. They found him in about 40 seconds of screen time. And Molly says, I'm looking for Thomas Kelso. Don't know why she would say that. The dad told her to say Adam, whatever. He says, yeah, I'm Thomas Kelso. Don't know why he would admit to that because he's supposed to be in hiding. But here we go. Then she says, I'm actually looking for Adam. All of the, this is like the worst way you would go about any of this stuff. He gets freaked the fuck out, which makes it very obvious that he's the exact person they need to talk to and says, you have the wrong person. Don't ever call me at this number again. <laughs> Slams the phone down. <laughs> so great. He's been found. Uh, now we go to a random office building where terrible looking CGI robot bugs that you've already <laughs> introduced sneak in and start killing people. This comes out of nowhere. The robot bug concept has not been introduced to us on any level, so we don't know what that's about. Um, and now that bald uh, android guy from before shows up and starts pressing some buttons. We don't know exactly what he's doing, but on one of the screens, it does say, Initiate Stormageddon. <laughs> Somebody actually felt the need to put that into the coding, like in case that was ever needed as an option. We're going to find out that, obviously, this is, you know, sort of a, a robot takeover. I love how they put, that's their name. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the robot name for this ridiculous thing, something you would see on the sci-fi channel. Robots, which, you know, in theory, and in this movie, are just like cold, calculating creatures. Little little, little bit of pizzazz, though. Little, yeah, yeah. A little fun. <laughs> this is not plan C-7234. This is no. Stormageddon. But, like, this is what made me ask what year this takes place in, because this movie establishes that we are able to control weather, which we cannot. <laughs> so I didn't know if it was in the future or not. Um, okay, that's fair. I guess it could be in the future. I mean, it's definitely not in the past. No, we're, we've eliminated past. Yeah, no, it could be future. That's fair. I guess it could be future. But but you're jumping ahead because we have not learned that that is <laughs> is what's going on here. Oh, so I'm sorry, I'm just taking Stormageddon for its face value right it now. It could be anything, okay? <laughs> A series of cybernetic lance storms are released upon an entire world. Stormageddon. <laughs> so now we go back to those agents, the the two guys who who one of them shot the bald guy in the high school stadium. Didn't bother to write down their names, but we're back with them in a car. They're outside of Molly's office, and Molly's entire office has been massacred for some reason. Did not see any of this. No, all the people are dead. The AV guy is dead. Carrie is dead, that character we met for 30 seconds. They're all dead, but Molly was, I guess, on like a coffee break or something. <laughs> I yeah, don't no. understand. She's the only one who wasn't in the building. And 
these these agents are outside and they're saying like, oh, she uh, she's the one we need to find. She's evil. She killed all these people. And I'm like, what the fuck? What are we talking about? And this is where I get to the point where I'm thinking, so is Mal is was this like a government agency? Like, were they also part? I don't understand any of this was happening. No, no. And when you say all these people, there's like 50 people in this scene that are dead. Yeah, they're just like splayed all over the floor in like awkward like positions. They've been murdered and we didn't see it. And this is not the building where the bugs killed everyone. This is, a, you know, a different place. So I don't I don't understand any of it. But these two agents now are after Molly. So, OK. It's also never explicitly explained. We we are able to fill in some of the gaps later, just sort of because we're, you know, intelligent humans. But it's never explained why th- this massacre happened. No, no. And I confused it. I thought this was the bees that killed the guards earlier. Like, I thought this was the same place at first. Right. I, I mean, because it, it happens one right after the other. It's not because that was like a fancy building and this is like a downtown office building. <laughs> So that's the only way you can tell the difference. But yeah, it, it, it might as well have been. I also yeah. don't understand why Molly wasn't in there. And Molly apparently was just like, fuck it, I don't feel like working today. Because our next scene, <laughs> she's walking back to her apartment. And it's, it's a great scene because she walks into her apartment and it's clearly not a real apartment. It's clearly something to just rented to film the movie in because there's nothing in the apartment. It is... <laughs> completely empty there's nothing on the counters the lights don't seem to work it's great it just looks like you just went to a fresh apartment it's freshly painted right yeah there's no lampshades there's no blinds so she's in her kitchen and adam pops out from the shadows and grabs her and she's freaking out and he says no i'm here to protect you these people are coming to kill you okay adam sure i I guess we trust you now also just a slight uh sidestep here um, I watched this film on Tubi, so you know it's a good movie from that. But during the ad break here, I got a commercial for the local CBS New York weather team, which Ooh. I thought was very nicely on brand. Very good. Does so, Tubi have – that's interesting. Does Tubi have targeted advertising on the fly? They must. <laughs> that is great. We should just try that. Just find the weird movies and see what they target advertising. <laughs> Um, we get a we get a Adam action scene uh, with these bad guys. He does some punching and kicking, some vague parkour stuff in this tiny apartment. Um, there's storm clouds gathering outside, so finally we're gonna get to some storming. <laughs> During this action scene, a a storm comes. Right, this is this is super weird. So the storm comes, but specifically targets Molly's apartment building. Yeah, it's like in a Peanuts comic when somebody is sad, so a rain cloud appears over their head. <laughs> Correct. Only this rain cloud also enters the building with, like, spooky smoke and destroys it from the inside out. <laughs> so, so you know, a, a different type of Peanuts. So that was strange. And, and I'm going to pause our run-through here. As listeners know, I do not know anything about these movies going in. And I legitimately thought this was just going to be a storm movie right i i thought it was just gonna be like twister a hundred percent and now we're getting we already have robots government conspiracies and now we have apparently storms with a consciousness <laughs> so i'm like i'm on a re- I'm, I'm thinking i hit the wrong movie i i don't know what's going on but i'm gonna power through um, there's there's also an entire second movie going on in a very small I don't know, 
weather studio, some sort of government place. I don't know where we are. But it does star (laughs) one of the greatest random commercials for a show that I never saw actors of all time, Adrian Paul. The Highlander is in this movie. (laughs) TV's Highlander. That's right. The lesser known Highlander. Although maybe he's the greater known Highlander. There's like 200 episodes of that show. Uh, I think he made it into one of those later movies. I think they tried to get him into one of those movies. I I think you're right. I think you're right. So, So yeah, he's in this movie and he's playing a character that I don't really understand. Again, he's, they're just in an, like a building and I don't know if he works for the government or if he's a scientist. I don't know. But I do know that the only character trait this guy has is that he clicks his pen a lot and it was pissing me the fuck off. <laughs> they, they try and make it like a quirk, like, oh, this is how he thinks. So all you hear the entire movie when he's on screen is... <laughs> and it's terribly annoying. Uh, he's vaguely involved in the let's find Molly, let's find Adam stuff. I- I'm not going to spend too much time on his scenes. It's disconnected for the most part. Now, now we get our backstory... Molly's dad apparently invented something called the Echelon Satellite. Uh, We don't know exactly what it does, but I'm just going to go ahead and assume it has something to do with Stormageddon. (laughs) Molly's father is evidently the smartest man on Earth because he invented Stormageddon as well as, uh, I don't know, artificial life. (laughs) Yeah, but yet he still had to use VHS tapes to convey his messages. (laughs) Fucking asshole. (laughs) He probably still listens to things on vinyl because it sounds better. (laughs) Oh, not those people. Here comes emails. (laughs) Adam was apparently part of this project with uh, her father. I don't know what role the jacked up parkour guy would have on this science team, but (laughs) there he was. And Molly's explain like doesn't understand what this thing is, and apparently it was designed to be a weapon. So we get the great uh, John Morrison delivery of it's such a powerful weapon. It made the atomic bomb look like a firecracker. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the problems with this movie is, is that they don't let John Morrison be John Morrison. As we talked about, he's all like sort of goofy charisma. That's his shtick. And he's so like they just take it all away. It's very and he's not bad. It's just very uninteresting. He's basically playing Abraxas and it's just not (laughs) it's just not fun. Um, so it turns out Echelon is becoming self-aware and is apparently Skynet. So that's the plot of your movie, folks. This is (laughs) the Terminator. Echelon is self-aware, can control storms, and it wants to eradicate humanity for some reason. I don't know any of this stuff. Uh, Molly's dad knew that this was going to happen and he wanted to shut it down because he was designing this as a weapon for the government. The government didn't want to shut it down because I guess they didn't believe that this could happen. And so they killed Molly's dad at some point in the past. We don't know how long ago, but that's why this happened. I don't know. It, it seems not like a great plan. That is why um, Adam, who was part of this project, went into hiding because all the members of this team were getting killed. So Adam went into hiding, and as a big fan of that 70s show, he took the pseudonym <laughs> Thomas Kelso and went to work for... Your local cable company. <laughs> yes, he he didn't. He went into hiding, but he didn't feel like traveling, so he just moved down the street. I mean, he's literally he was he and can I ask a follow up of you, Kramer? Sure. So this man is in hiding. How were they able to like Google or look him in a phone book to get his number? How is that even possible? It's not a he's not a real person. No, he's not a real person. But somehow he got a phone book. He's not. He decided his secret name should be something that is not that generic, so it's easy to find him. 
Yeah, I know. Wouldn't you be? Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, John Morrison would have been <laughs> would have been a yeah. harder name to Google than Thomas Kelso. <laughs> okay, our next scene um, seriously feels like a different movie. I think we've stumbled into the hunt for Red October or something. <laughs> our next scene, we're in a fucking sub. D- don't know what is going on, but. There's a we spend a lot of time in this sub. In the, this movie is only like 75 minutes long. We spend a lot of time in this fucking sub and it does not pay off on any level. Nope. It's like they had a sub set and just wanted to use it. Yeah. So th- there's there's the crew of the sub. They're basically, you know what's going to happen. They're just losing control of the sub. That's not good. I don't know why this exists. Adam tells Molly that her father was so smart that he definitely left her clues and they just have to track down the clues. I fucking hate all of this in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Th- now it tries to be national treasure or some shit. Yeah, it tries to be national treasure, but every time something happens where they need to solve the problem, they all just kind of know the answer immediately. Yeah, and the clues are really stupid. Basically, th- at some point, the-, the VHS tape got uploaded to the cloud or some shit, so she's able to watch it on her phone. And Adam is looking at this tape of the of Molly's father and he's piecing together clues that are in the background there's like this thing and it's pointing at this book from the library of the college that's nearby or something I mean honestly it was so stupid that I didn't it's not clever they're not riddles it's just dumb and no, it also it's doesn't like, it's like one of those find what's wrong in the background games that your mother would play right and and I also do not understand why Molly's father would go to all this trouble. Do you know what I mean? Like, just say, I mean, I just write her a letter. I mean, you put it on a VHS tape in a box. If you think they're not going to be able to track that, why would they be able to track a piece of paper that you send her? You know what I mean? It's one of those things where the movie has to make it complicated because we need to have this be a feature length film. Yes, because because they, they now have to go through, jump through some hoops to get to this college library or whatever. Is it a college library, my ass? That looks like the the like the local library. Oh no, it's definitely filmed in a local library, <laughs> but the movie is telling us it's a college library. Yeah, so so that's where they're headed next. There's a robot bug parkour fight scene or something. It's it's <laughs> you stupid. had to say Ad- that. you had to say that. Yeah, and then Adam lets us know for no reason, doesn't matter, that these are called mech bugs. Great. Awesome. Mech bugs. Also, as part of this scene, we, we, we go to Adam's safe house. And we don't have to spend too much time on this, but it's it's basically your standard, like, oh, I'm a blown spy uh, thing. He's got to, you know, go through his bag, find all his, like, money and different currencies and all that stuff. And he's got, like, nine passports. So we, we still don't know who Adam is. So I'm thinking, okay, he's some kind of spy or something. But it's just hilarious to me that he had nine passports, and yet his... His initial hiding plan was to literally live in the same town that he was running from. <laughs> Why do you have the passports? You didn't leave. That's that's just random thought. Listen, he's planning on it one day. One day he's <laughs> going to get that courage. Uh, the bald android guy, they have names. Their names are stupid. They are named Cain and Abel. Uh, there's two of them, as we know. They are uh, getting into a fight with Adam. Again, vague parkour fight. It's fine. And they are telling Adam that he should join them. Because humanity is going to be destroyed, but he can join them and be saved. So that's weird. While they're fighting, Molly just leaves. She says, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> she doesn't help. The- Molly does nothing in this movie. It's it's the most frustrating character ever. You know, it sets back uh, Sarah Connor 30 years. Because it's the most, 
the worst version of this character. She leaves, just gets in a truck, and she's like, you know what? I'm out of here. I don't need to deal with any of this shit. So she leaves. The android guy and Adam have a long fight on a roof. Uh, eventually, Adam gets thrown off the roof. No sells this bump. Flat backs it on the pavement. So that's suspicious. And then starts running and gets hit by Molly in the car. Molly wasn't going to pick him up. She just accidentally hit him as she was trying to escape. <laughs> she was really, she like hit him and then was like, fuck, I was <laughs> trying to get away from this. Yeah, why did I uh, turn no, right? No, 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 hey, let's go. Shit. <laughs> While they're driving, Molly looks over at Adam. He's, he's got a cut on his arm. And what's that? He's also got a robot arm. <laughs> <laughs> So here's where we see uh, that Adam is also an android. So <laughs> for those who didn't see that coming, you weren't paying attention, I guess. <laughs> now it's he explains part of it. And then also uh, the Highlander explains another part of it. The Highlander. <laughs> These things are called hybrid humans. Sure. And they are they have like robotic insides, but they're mostly flesh and blood because that's all the budget of the film could afford. <laughs> and so, I mean, I guess they can be killed, but it's hard. I don't know why any of these people exist. And Molly's father created these three. I don't know why he created the bad guy ones. <laughs> yeah, that seems like on him. Yeah, or or did he? Maybe, maybe. Uh, what, what's it called? Uh, I don't know. Skynet. <laughs> the, the the movie's version of Skynet was that able to create the other? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he, Molly's dad definitely created Adam, and that's why he's named Adam. Get it? It's a whole thing. Because he was the first. Uh, Echelon, that's what the name of it. Maybe Echelon created those bald android guys. So the Echelon satellite, uh, we, we get we get to see it a few times in the sky. And it can shoot lasers down at Earth. But it can't shoot lasers that do anything cool. They can only hit clouds, apparently. Well, they're making Stormageddon. Right, but you would think that if they were able to shoot lasers, they could just, you know, make them hurt things. Instead of just, like, sort of agitating clouds so that it rains. It's it's a very limited skill set this echelon has. Yeah, this seems like a waste of money. I want, I am I am obsessed with knowing the technology that this movie is positing. So a laser shot into a cloud can make it storm? This is wild. I love that. What's sad though is that there are people in our real world that believe this is actually happening though. That's true. I don't know if it if that theory existed before this film, because they just might be huge Stormageddon marks who have bought <laughs> into it. There's now we get like a like an Independence Day sidestep where the echelon makes clouds angry, and then those angry clouds destroy the Statue of Liberty and the White House for no reason, literally no reason. <laughs> it, it, do, it doesn't do any. And again, it like in, in Independence Day. Also not a great movie, but in Independence Day, the reason the aliens are doing this is because they're trying to exert control. So they're destroying these monuments across the globe. Why is the Echelon cloud system, whatever the fuck this thing is called, why does it care about destroying symbols? You know what uh, I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Because Independence Day is its favorite movie. <laughs> Just like uh, that 70s show is Adam's favorite show. Correct. They were all raised on TV and movies. And look what happened. Stormageddon. <laughs> so these monuments are destroyed. Um, we now go back to our sub. All the crew of the sub have been killed, and a missile gets launched into the sky. I'm not sure we ever see this missile land. <laughs> I don't think we do. <laughs> but it launches a missile into the sky, so that's not great. 
And much like we talked about in Three Ninjas, these things are happening. So the White House just got destroyed. Like, holy fucking shit. And Adam and Molly are just driving around town. It's still busy. Like, there's still parking lots still full of cars. No one cares. Yeah, no, people are going about their day. Yeah, there's, like, lines at stores. They end up at this college library. Everyone's just chilling in there. No one's really even, like, people are still checking out books. Like, no one, <laughs> like the, literally, the world is coming to an end. Man, society's collapsing, but I have not read Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> they uh, they walk into this library, and they all they have all their, you know, Kelso, or Adam's got his go bag, you know, all his passports, and, and he's got a gun on his hip. And they just walk through the metal detectors and nothing happens. First of all, he's a fucking robot. So he, he would set it off based on that alone. But he also has guns and stuff. What kind of college library is this? Uh, I, I hate everything about this library scene. I hate this character we get introduced to. I hate that this library, for some reason, has uh, an important step stool. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, so they go to this library... I again th- this this mystery stuff I didn't really pay too close attention to it because it was so stupid but they meet a team of library nerds I I don't know how else to describe them they either live or work <laughs> there I don't know they're very into the library they meet Homer's roommates from Homer goes to college <laughs> and they're trying to decipher like what is the clue that this could be, and and they're talking about Molly's dad, and and blah 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 blah, and Adam reveals that, uh, they, jeez, oh, they they go to like stacks of books, and they think that's the clue they need based on like numbers that were in the video, and it's not, and then they're talking, and Adam re- re- relays this story about how Molly's dad used to always talk about this very famous stool. <laughs> that someone used to use at some point in history. I don't fucking know. And apparently this stool is on display in this library. Yes. <laughs> on top of like the card catalog is <laughs> Thomas Edison's personal stool. So stupid. So Adam and Molly run over to this stool and there's like signs on the stool that say do not touch. Great. And they start like poking it. I thought they were just going to take the thing and smash it on the ground. That would have been so much funnier. But no, they're just like tapping it. And, and and there's like a secret compartment that I guess Molly's dad put into this antique stool. So he ruined an heirloom for this. And a drawer pops out and we get what comes out of it is the largest floppy disk in the history of mankind. <laughs> it's like the size of, of like a Buick, this floppy disk. One of the uh, library owners i don't know this kid comes over and he says did you just break that stool what are you holding why do you have that ridiculous disc that i haven't seen in 30 years and now instantly they decide they trust this guy and they ask for his help great so we got more people on the team don't know why they would do that yeah we just picked up a sidekick uh and this ties into what you were talking about before i don't i still do not comprehend the old technology bullshit gimmick of this movie vhs ridiculous floppy disk i don't know why any of this is happening it's, I don't know. This library conveniently has computers old enough to play this floppy disk that are still hooked up and working and hook the printers. Kramer, you're actually very wrong about all that. Because Molly asked this other character, do you have anything that can run this floppy disk? And of course, the answer is no. No one on Earth has anything that can run this floppy disk. But <laughs> the answer they get is that the library does have computers that can run that. 
but not this library, the other library that's part of this library, the old library. I'm sorry, I missed all of that. That sounds stupid as hell. <laughs> that's right. Because There's they're a going, backup library? They're going to a library that is connected to this library, but is older and has old stuff in it. That's not how that works. You just no, don't no, no, build no, another it, library next no, to a library. No, Kramer, that, that is how, because that's what they do next. That is how it works, actually. I don't, I, no, it's well, not. No, 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 no. Well, I don't know what's confusing you right now. They actually, that that's what happened. So there's a, So they go to the old library, which is next door. <laughs> And it's a full fucking library. It's not like a room where they throw all the old equipment. It's a goddamn separate library <laughs> that they have not changed anything. It's just old. They didn't. Re- so, so this is how libraries work, I guess. You don't. You don't what? change. No, 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 no. Stop. You, you don't change the old <laughs> stuff into new stuff. You just leave the old stuff, and then next door you build something with the new stuff. So every ten years, you just put up a new library. Right. They're right next door to each other. That's it. So oh, fuck. Fuck this. <laughs> So, so they're in a they're in an old library. This library is deserted, but is old. You can tell because none of the lights are on, and it's old. <laughs> and in this old library, there's also computers from I guess every generation in the history of mankind, just in <laughs> case, <laughs> just in case someone walks in with technology that you can't use in the new library. Does <laughs> is everyone with me so far? No one is with you. Not a single person, including your co-host, is with you. So so they in the old library, they put this fucking floppy disk into this computer that still has power and still works. And this 18-year-old kid knows how to use this. What fucking scholarship is he on that he learned technology from the early 80s? What the fuck are you talking about? I remember floppy disks. I wouldn't know how to use a fucking floppy disk today. I, I'm an old man, and all this movie did was make me miss the old days when films made you go to the library for the big microfish scene. <laughs> I love microfish scene. <laughs> see, see, you know what? That would have been cooler because we're still not sure if she's a journalist or not, but that would have been cooler if she could have used some of her journalist stuff instead of all this other crap. <laughs> At the old library. The, the Yes, the old library next to the new library. So, so they're in the old library's old technology room, and the only thing on this floppy disk is a peace sign. Fuck you. Seriously. It's it's an image. It's just a giant peace sign. Okay? Great. Awesome. And they're staring at it. There's no information on it. And Adam says, hey, can you print this? Because the old library, Kramer, also has a <laughs> printer <laughs> that is hooked up to the working computer that can also print images. Yes, All- it's hooked up. To a time appropriate dot matrix printer, right? And and again, each each computer from the past also has a designated printer from that same time period, just in case. All in of this the old makes library sense. next to the new library. Absolutely, one hundred percent accurate. Okay, so so they print this peace sign out. Great. Um, and then somehow, and this one I'm not even going to pretend to understand. Somehow, this asshole. This computer guy knows that all of Molly's dad's stuff got shipped to the cabin he used to live in. (laughs) Don't fucking know how that makes any sense. And he happens to, in this old library next to the new library, have a shipping label that was unused that will give them the exact address. (laughs) So this movie, this movie is so stupid. And yet it will go through paces to explain why there's an old library and why this fucking thing happened and all this dumb shit. 
And then they went out of their way to to justify how these people know where the cabin is because there's a shipping label left over. Fuck you, movie. <laughs> Just make Molly remember the goddamn cabin or Adam for that matter. Why wouldn't Adam know any Adam Okay, stop. Adam is a goddamn you, stop. You're you're no. the one talking. It's Adam is a, no, I'm telling the movie to stop. Adam is a goddamn <laughs> robot, right? He's a he's literally he's a fucking robot. We know this at this point. Why did Molly's dad have to go through all this subterfuge? Just put the robot shit in the robot guy's head. In <laughs> in case the storm again starts, here's how the stuff you need to do. Don't make him watch a goddamn VHS tape. Because Molly's father needed to destroy a priceless Thomas Edison artifact <laughs> to hide a book that led to a computer in a different library that printed out one picture that got them to the cabin. It's I don't it, see what you don't understand. It's the stupidest, stupidest plot arc. I, I it's just it's so fr- if Adam was just a dude, right? If this was Boone, for example, just a regular guy. Fine, make it the clues. But he's a robot. You could put this in his <laughs> in his chip or whatever. You know what would have been great is if the they got that huge floppy disk and Adam with like the bad CGI. Had to put it in his ass. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> with like well, I wasn't gonna say ass, but yes, with like bad CGI, it just opens up and he slides it in and he's got that little plastic piece that he had to click over, which never did anything. You notice <laughs> that? Like it still ran if you didn't put the plastic thing to the left, but whatever. Anyway. I like I like that now you have made this movie into like videodrome for idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it that way. Director Nick Lyon did. <laughs> so so they have to go to this cabin. Whatever. Uh, the bald android guy, I do not understand how he knew where they were. He didn't have the, maybe he did have the, I don't fucking know. I don't know how he knew that they were at the thing. Then he goes to the library and then somehow he finds them in the other library. Whatever. He shows up and we get another fist fight between these two. We do get a parkour kick from Adam. So that was exciting. Uh, this fight is capped off by Adam stabbing the android guy with an American flag, which... <laughs> I found was an odd bit of patriotism in this movie that's not particularly patriotic. I just found that kind of strange. Also, Adam knows that this guy's a robot, right? That's not going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Why he wasted the time? The bald guy is he's damaged, but it looks like they just put like a baking sheet under his shirt to make him look like a robot. <laughs> so they um they incapacitate the robot. And they run away. They're going to the cabin. Next scene, we're still in the old library. Those two government guys are back in the movie. There's the one who keeps killing people and then the other one who doesn't. They're looking at the the destroyed android. They're concerned. And then they're interviewing this nerdy library guy. And they're saying, oh, you sure you didn't know where they go? And basically, they get out of him that they're going to Molly's dad's cabin. And then they murder this kid. Shoot him in the head. Again, all this guy, this guy's shtick is shooting people in the head. Right, but Chris, Chris, yeah. his, his partner, what does he say? Uh, I, I, I didn't write it down. I mean, I remember the gist. What does he say? Are we chasing robots or are we becoming them? That is true. That was that was pretty deep. <laughs> so I wonder if he's going to be the, uh, the government agent guy who ends up on our team. I wonder. <laughs> so now we're back with the Highlander. He's still clicking his pen. I'm my note here is um, that I'm not even paying attention to these scenes. Anytime this guy starts clicking his pen, done. I tune it out. So I have no idea what he's on about. It doesn't help either, too, that all of his scenes are in just like the most uh, sterile white computer room. 
Yeah, it's all, I mean, basically everything he's saying, he's just re- repeating the stuff that Adam and Molly are talking about, more or less. And I don't know, I mean, again, it's obviously they had Adrian Paul for a day, and they were like, here, go into this one room, and we'll film all your shit. Here's a yeah, pen. I'm, I mean, he's the second most famous person in this movie, so this is definitely building up to him and Morrison teaming up for an epic fight scene. <laughs> I love, too, that all of uh, uh, Morrison's movies involve him with, like, a syndicated superstar <laughs> from <laughs> the <laughs> early 90s. <laughs> Boone had uh, Renegade, and this yeah. one has... Uh, a Highlander. The Highlander. Eventually, we'll get the guy that played Crow in the Crow series that no one ever saw because it was on at 3 a.m. <laughs> I used to love those. Oh, I've, I've never seen any of any of these shows, but the commercials are part of my life forever. Oh, yeah. I have never seen Blade the series, but I know the guy from Onyx played Blade. Blade the series I watched every episode of. And the, the the female lead in Blade the series was the sideline reporter from the old Wipeout show. Oh, man, your brain is broken that you know these things. <laughs> that was a pretty good show. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that'll be covered on our Blade cast. I would do Blade, same thing. I would do Blade cast. Those are definitely on YouTube. Uh, we're just going to do a whole series where we watch syndicated shows no one actually saw. Oh, honestly? We probably shouldn't publish that part of the show because someone will steal that idea. <laughs> so they're at this cabin, whatever. They're, they're they're staring at the peace sign. They're able to like look at ah, Jesus. They're able to look at like the stars and then like a picture of a circle and they line up the peace sign with it. I don't fucking know what's happening. <laughs> but anyway, they figure out that this peace sign puzzle gives them 10 numbers. And then we get robot Johnny Drip Drip saying uh, the most most likely thing of a 10-digit number is a phone number. So they go in the house, and they call this 10-digit number, and it turns out to be not who they're looking for. So thank you for that detour movie. <laughs> the fuck? But uh, the, the using the phone alerts the government to where they are. Then we get uh, you know Johnny Impact saying most second most logical 10-digit number, map coordinates. Thanks. Fine. Map <laughs> coordinates. So these 10 digits are going to lead them to our next destination. Great. And fun fact, IMDb Trivia says that these are not how map coordinates work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I think instinctively I knew that, but to have it confirmed is even better. (laughs) Confirmed and someone was like, oh, this is bullshit. Hold on. Let me sign into my account. (laughs) This is a lie. Stormageddon. (laughs) Yeah, so... so if you're a, like a hyper intelligent robot and a journalist question mark, I love the fact that you think the next step of this clue could be a phone number. Who the fuck did you think you were calling? <laughs> Molly seems to think that her father is still alive, which is something the movie teases and spoilers. He's not alive. So it's ridiculous that we're even talking about this. So now the government guys come and my and what I'm thinking at this point, I really I still don't know who the good guys and the bad guys are in this movie. Like, I know the bald Andrew guys are definitely Andrew. Jeez. The bald Andrews. (laughs) (laughs) The bald Android guys are definitely bad guys. I know that. But I don't know if the Highlander is a good or a bad guy. I don't know if these government guys are just misguided good guys or if they're very bad guys. This is a good problem to have when you're almost 15 minutes done from your movie, right? Yeah, but but, because I think they're good guys, right? There's. They're trying to save the world. They're just, like, not nice, kind of. Yeah, they're your cold-hearted good guys that need to do the job, I guess. 
and I, I genuinely don't know who anyone is. I'm still not even sure that Molly is not also a government agent. It's all just very confusing. I mean, uh, in my head, I was, and this does not happen, but I was just waiting for her to become a cyborg too, and she was Eve. Oh, okay. That would have been kind of neat. So anyway, these government guys come. Adam uh, somehow has the device that the Ironmonger used in the first Iron Man to incapacitate <laughs> Tony Stark. <laughs> And he hits the button and the sounds make all the government guys knock unconscious. Great. It's great because he comes running out of this cabin, like holding a boom box, pointing it at people. Yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> they uh, the agent who was with the very trigger happy guy, but isn't particularly trigger happy. He decides he's going to help them get to these coordinates. Uh, Adam says that they need a helicopter to get to these coordinates. Uh, they couldn't afford a helicopter, so we never see them traveling in the helicopter. <laughs> they just arrive at the thing later. Speaking of helicopters, we're on a helipad, and the Highlander gets into a helicopter because I guess he's also figured out the coordinates. Don't ask me how. And the pilot of the helicopter that he gets into is one of the bald android guys, and he shoots the Highlander. Great. Th these coordinates lead them to a basically like an oil rig in the center of the ocean. Don't know why, I, I don't understand why this would be where Molly's dad's base was. It doesn't make any sense. How would you get there all the time? Like, how useful of a location is this? It, it doesn't make it. It's just clearly that they had the location and they could afford it. So that's where the climax of this movie is going to be. Um, In case you're keeping score at home, there have been no actual storms in this, this movie This is a very so shitty get-in. Yeah, it, there there was like a few clouds that did some stuff, but there's actually been more CGI robot bugs than there have been storms so far. But there's still a little movie left, so fingers crossed. Highlander is is dying. He's not dead yet. I guess the robot android guy brought him in to die inside the rig. I don't know why he did that. I don't know why he didn't just push him out of the helicopter or something. He brought him in, sat him in a chair so that there could be a big dramatic reveal. Right, because he, cause he's in, like, sort of the epicenter of, of this rig where, like, all of Molly's dad's equipment is, all of the, the rest of the exposition we need. There's even a, a magical dentist chair that can apparently stop the evil satellites. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah, I don't know why any of this stuff... I mean, why wouldn't the robot android guy destroy all this stuff? Wouldn't he smash it? He just left it there. And there's, like, this big reveal, too, where Adam and Molly finally meet Highlander, but uh, they have no idea who the fuck he is. Nope, 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 nope. But Highlander, again, babbles. He was friends with Molly's dad, and he's the one who ordered him to be killed, but he feels really bad about it. And it turns out he was right. The robots are taking over, so whoops, shouldn't have killed him, I guess. I don't know. And he helps explain that Adam is the only way to stop this. You have to plug his head into this dentist chair thing. <laughs> And that will upload something that will destroy Echelon and save the world from Stormageddon. Again, I do not know why Adam doesn't know all this already. Nope. He should now know this. Now it's Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> it still works because of Johnny. It does. Huh? <laughs> Highlander guy dies and we get symbolically the pen falling to the floor with like a thud. I love that. So he's still on his, he's dying and he's still got the pen in his hand and then he drops it. So that's how we know. Fuck you and this fucking pen, man. What yeah, a You dumb... cheered when he died. Oh, well, yeah, I, I did. I did like the pen thing. I mean, I wrote it down. A, another a repetitive fight scene. Adam and the bald robot guy are in another fight scene. It's the same stuff. Join us. You should join us. Humans suck. Robots are better. 
they this is only a different robot right now though, right? Because the other one's dead. Right. This is the twin. The, the other one died in the library. Oh, what? No, Which I'm sorry. I'm so, no, I'm sorry. You're right. The other one died in the old library, not the okay. not the new library, the old <laughs> library. Sorry. So yeah, so he's fighting the, this bald robot guy. They, they only have one futuristic looking weapon, which I found hilarious. They only brought the <laughs> they only made the one. So like this is the one that can kill the robot, but there's only one for some reason. It's like uh, it's like a Braxis where they couldn't afford to make future guns, so they just made up that bullshit where the <laughs> weapons couldn't go through the teleporter or whatever. <laughs> All of our guns have disappeared as we traveled through space. <laughs> So for some reason, these assholes keep shooting at each other with normal guns and they don't do anything. So I don't know why they're wasting the time. They also keep stabbing each other with like metal poles. There was a flagpole in an earlier scene. None of this works, but they keep doing it. It's very stupid. So there's a fight. A robot android guy beats Adam. So now we get melty face John Morrison. It's like half of his face is like melted off kind of. I mean, again, they couldn't afford to make him look like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> with a robot face. So it just kind of looks like bubbly makeup, basically. <laughs> Th- this movie clearly ran out of ideas 20 minutes ago, and we're just padding the runtime at this point. This movie is super short, and they are they, they still had no ideas <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and, and just as a follow-up, while we're on that train of thought, why the fuck was this called Stormageddon? Um, because of all the storms that happened? Talk about the weirdest name. I mean, this could have been called anything else on Earth. Old Library. Kelso and the Lady. You could have called it (laughs) anything else. But Stormageddon? There's no storms. This should have been like Twister with a name like that. I like like Kelso and the Lady. That sounds like a Merchant Ivory picture. So the bald android guy who has defeated Adam now grabs Molly. Maybe this is the big moment where Molly is going to, you know, finally become the hero we've been expecting the whole movie. No, Adam wakes up and saves her. He gets behind the android and crushes his head. Your standard finish that they always give to, like, super giant wrestlers, where you do the head crush. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the Kona crush. <laughs> the Kona crush, that's right. Um, android guy is dead. Uh, Adam and Molly are talking, and Adam says, I gotta plug myself into this dentist chair to save the world. So he does that, he sacrifices himself, he dies. As he's dying and the world is being saved, there's, for, again, no idea why, but in the background of this off of this lab, there's like a video running of Adam's birth when Molly's dad finished building him. And it's like Molly's dad showing Adam a picture of Molly as a kid. And he says, this is your sister. And Molly starts crying because now she realizes that Adam is her brother who is now sacrificing himself in a dentist chair. Um, and that's it. Him doing that ends the Stormageddon. Uh, the satellites explode. They're all gone. Yay, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Molly, we don't ever find out what happens with her. She's just sad that Adam is dead now. Uh, she leaves, and that's it. The government's coming to, like, clean up the scene. Then the film cuts to a quote by Aristotle. <laughs> the balls <laughs> on this movie. <laughs> Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. Um, what it lies in our power to do, it lies in our power not to do. Not sure what that means in the context of this movie. And then we cut back to Adam's eyes and he wakes up. Don't know why we're supposed to care about that either. Well, it's because we're setting up Stormageddon 2, the Geddening. <laughs> but why? He's fulfilled his purpose. He only existed to do this thing that he just did. <laughs> because this was clearly a huge franchise starter. <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, that's how Stormageddon ends. 
you have anything else you want to say about about this one? No, I I could have used more storms and less libraries. The, the way they told this story, everything about this is so confusing. Right from the fact that this is not the movie it it pretends to be with the storm thing. If you go into this like, oh, cool, Storm. Like, for example, you're watching Stormageddon. You got targeted weather commercials. This is not a weather movie. <laughs> no, no. And actually, when the movie ended, the 2B autoplay was like, next up is Weather Wars. <laughs> so. Weather Wars, incidentally, is actually a soccer film. Go figure. Oh, weird. <laughs> Ignorance is. Okay, now it is time for Ignorance is Bliss. This is the segment of the show where we ask people what they think these movies are about, but they only know the title and the name of the wrestler. And Kramer, we did get a few entries for Stormageddon starring uh, John Morrison, but they're all pretty similar. So we're only going to highlight one, and of course it's going to be the most important one. I spoke to my father about (laughs) what this movie could be. So let's listen together, and then we'll see what you think afterwards. Hey, Dad. Hello, Chris. So today's movie is called Stormageddon, and it stars the wrestler John Morrison. What do you think this one's about? I would say it's something to do with uh, storms. <laughs> Not storming like, a, like a, a military storming. I would say uh, something to do with a series of whether it's tornadoes or uh, twisters or any kind of storms. Okay. And uh, what character do you think the wrestler plays in this? I would say he plays the main character and he's the, uh, you know, basically that's it. He's the main character and, you know, it, it follows their uh, trials and tribulations as far as, uh, you know, dealing with these uh, storms. Uh, so what what type of character would be the lead in a movie called Stormageddon? You seem to have have a, have a good idea of what type of movie this is. So what what character would be the main character in this movie? Uh, well, the main character is actually the one that is, well, actually has discovered these series of storms affecting the uh, area, the continent, <laughs> whatever, and trying to uh, warn people about it. So you think John Morrison is uh, a scientist of some kind? Yes. Either that or meteorologist. Are these storms being created by an external force, like a like an, a rival government, aliens, anything like that? No, I think it's basically uh, climate change. So you think this is is, is sort of a, a cautionary tale about what we're doing to our planet? Yes. What tone does the movie take? Is it meant to be taken seriously? Is it meant to be funny? What do you think it's going for? I would say it's taken seriously. Okay, so do you think this is a speculative drama movie, or is it an adventure, a comedy? I would say it's a drama. Okay, the, the name of the movie is Stormageddon. Do you think it refers to, you said it's, it's about tracking storms to a degree. Do you think it's about one big storm that comes at the end, or do you think it's more likely to be about a bunch of smaller ones? It's about a bunch of smaller ones, which all happen to come on at the same time. Widespread. <laughs> so, I, I mean, his, you know, uh, we I give my dad a lot of grief, so do you, I guess, uh, about how wild some of his <laughs> predictions for these movies are. But this one, 
I think he's on the nose about what this movie should be based on the title. Well, yes, what it should be. <laughs> right. So it, it's hard to it's hard to nitpick that. Although I do love that he he thinks John Morrison is playing a scientist, and then he took like a like a threw some shade at meteorologists <laughs> with a yeah. chuckle, as though they're not scientists. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he he is the uh, the the characters in Twister who aren't in it for the money; they're in it for the love of the weather. He also he he said you know that this is a series of tornadoes or twisters, so he th- I think he thinks those are two different things. I think. <laughs> I also think your father's catchphrase now is trials and tribulations because I feel like he says that a lot. Okay, so he does say it a lot in this one. He kind of switched because he said, he was talking about one person, and then he said their trials and tribulations. <laughs> so I don't know if he suddenly thought John Morrison was part of a stable or. <laughs> Ooh, a weather-themed stable. That would have been good. So so that was our new segment, Trials and Tribulations, with my dad. <laughs> uh, Kramer, uh, I don't know if you were counting at home, but I counted um, three storms in this movie. Is that accurate? Three storms? Uh, I'm going to say it was under three, but you could be right, because oh. we're late on storms. Oh, okay. Well, I was setting up the three count, but maybe you're right. Maybe there was... So, okay, so fine. This is going to be the zero count, since there was zero storms. Okay, zero count. And next to the swerve. Let's go. (laughs) So first up in the three count, Kramer, is this a wrestling movie? No, this is not a wrestling movie. We actually, it's not even that much of an, it's very light on the action for having him, uh, Morrison in it. There's not even a lot of the parkour stuff. There's not real. There's no parkour stuff because all the locations are very small. Um, the only action is that fight he has with the one guy repeatedly. It's the same fight. They just have it three different times. This is not a wrestling movie, which I'm actually okay with, because Morrison should be in normal movies, right? So I'm okay yeah. with him not making a wrestling movie. He should be in normal movies, and that's what this wants to be. So, it's not a wrestling movie, and we think it's kind of a normal movie. Kramer, is this a good movie? Uh, I am sorry to say that it is not a good movie. It has got bad special effects. It has the one of those movies where everything has to just immediately be solved to move the plot, and there's no like work to get it done. And it introduced the concept of old and new libraries. <laughs> well, that's probably the best part of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a different approach. I agree with you on everything you just said. Nothing you've said is wrong. But I also don't think it's it's not as bad as it could have been, or that I thought it was going to be. If that makes sense, it's relatively well made, and it's mostly inoffensive. It's very stupid. It's it's you know it's sci-fi channel TV movie stuff. I don't know. It, it's not great, but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. We, we've watched significantly worse movies on our show, <laughs> for sure. So, Kramer, you, you, you like this one less than I did. So where on the card, or off the card, as you often do, are you putting this one? Um, well, it's been a while. I haven't said it, but this one's a jobber-ass movie. Wow. Wow. Much like Trials and Tribulations, that is your catchphrase. So That is my catchphrase. Uh, available on T-shirts, coffee mugs, and <laughs> pocket protectors. Um, I am going to respectfully disagree. I have this one in the mid card. I'm going to put it in the lower mid card. So this is like kind of like right after you're, 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 you jerk the curtain kind of, but it's so short and it requires 
no mental capacity to watch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, sure, there's a lot of babbling exposition, but you could just ignore it, and it's whatever. I, I don't know, movies that move kind of, sort of quickly, I like putting in this in the middle of the card. Yeah, if, there, if, it's, if you're a bad movie that is over quickly, then I guess you get some bonus points for that. Definitely, and, and that's how I feel about this one. So... So I mean, we we disagreed more more than I thought we would, but I I, I think maybe you were being a little too harsh on this one. Okay, fine, fine. You can start hosting with your new co-host in the old library whenever you want. No, 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 no. You'll still be here. There'll just be a new co-host next to you. This <laughs> oh, way, if I have a right. question about our old episodes, <laughs> I go to you, and then talk to you about how to do it. Kramer, you know how you sat down for a movie called Stormageddon and we're expecting storms. Correct. It's time for the swerve. <laughs> this is the swerve. So Kramer, unlike today's movie, I've decided to highlight the storm aspect of professional wrestling <laughs> um, in today's swerve. So we're going to be doing some storm-related trivia about professional wrestling. Okay. I don't even know how this is going to work. I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So so all of these involve the concept of storms in some way. It'll become clear as we go along. And I, I don't know how well you're going to do. I, I think I think you have a shot, but but let, let's see. So first up, uh, as you know, I live in the desert. I, I live in the southwest of our country. And we have an entire season called the Monsoon. And one of my favorite wrestling announcers was named Gorilla Monsoon. So, Kramer, I want you to tell me which finishing move he used when he was a wrestler. Oh, man. Uh, I'm just going with good old-fashioned bear hug. That is not correct. He favored the airplane spin. Oh, that's, a, that's so much better. I love that that was a finishing move. <laughs> that was, it was, that was, I, I was going to, I was going to give you a clue that it was an old-timey move, but the concept that, like, the airplane spin could finish people, like, that they were just so dizzy they couldn't lift their shoulder up is great. And I get excited they, for then people do it now every so often. Uh, this is when it was still kayfabe. So you, people in the audience were like, wow, that move really, really knocked him out. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's like uh, when uh, Cesaro busted it out at Mania with no arms, that UFO yeah. spin he does. That, that is pretty crazy, actually. <laughs> He's just bouncing <laughs> humans on the back of his neck. That's crazy. <laughs> um, all right, next. So current wrestler Tony Storm likes to use a tiger driver to finish her matches. What does she call her version of the Tiger Driver? Uh, it's, pr I don't know. I'm going to say it's something really solidly goofy, like Tony Time. <laughs> it is not Tony Time, although <laughs> that would be great. She calls it the Storm Zero, which Storm incidentally Zero. is the exact number of storms in today's movie. Oh, that's, that's, that's true. Uh, I, she could also call it 7-Eleven. Because the line at Starbucks is too long. That is a specific <laughs> joke just for us. That's a, that's true. We we were online at Starbucks with both Tony Storm and uh, Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> at the same Starbucks. <laughs> at the same Starbucks. Tony Storm didn't want to wait in the line. Brian Pillman Jr.'s got the wrong order. <laughs> and had to ask them to remake it. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Uh, before this wrestler was a star, he went by the name The Lightning Kid. Which wrestler am I referring to? Uh, that would be Sean X-Pac Waltman. That is correct. This is still when he was working his uh, his gimmick where he would lose every week on Raw. Lightning Kid was one of his random names. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that was the name he used on the indies. He's got a really good match with uh, Sabu from his early indie days that I recommend people check out. I almost I almost ruined the answer to that one because I was going <laughs> to relay this next story where we actually bumped into Xbox right outside that same Starbucks. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All righty. Next up, uh, this is one of my dad's favorite storms, as he just talked about. We're going to be talking about the Texas Tornado. He is a, the only title he ever won in the World Wrestling Federation was the Intercontinental title. And he both beat and then lost the title to the same person. Name that person. You know what's funny about him? I don't remember a single one of his matches when he was in the WWF. So this is not going to help. Ah, is it like Rick Martel? That's I I want to say it's a good guess, but it's not because Rick Martel never had the Intercontinental title. So, <laughs> all right, smartass. <laughs> uh, the Texas Tornado beat Mister Perfect. Uh, yeah, that was my second guess. So one of our favorites, Lance Storm, shares a name with our with today's movie, and his finishing move for most of his career was a single leg Boston Crab, but. He had a fancy name for it. What did he call his version of this move? Oh, God. Uh, this is, of course, the one I won't remember if I know obscure finisher names. Um, I'm going to say it was something like the Canadian Maple Leaf. No fucking way you, you knew that. No fucking way. <laughs> that is shocking. The can Another move... No, I, I have never heard that in my life, that he called it the Canadian... Ma Fuck you. Okay, so here's the deal. You know who held belts. I could tell you finishes. That's... <laughs> I, I mean, in many... I'm jealous. I mean, honestly. <laughs> the, geez. All right. Here's an... I'm going to make these harder. I'm just I'm just going to start taking... I had all this information to give you. Now I'm just going to start taking information away. Kramer, current wrestler. Which wrestler likes to use the Fire Thunder Driver in their matches? I am not actually sure on that one. I know it's... I'm going to say Sami Zayn. I know I'm wrong because he uses the other one. Go. <laughs> this is Thunder Rosa. Yeah, that makes sense. These last two, I'm going to give you the actual name of them because all moves have actual names. They're stupid. Okay. But they oh, they have actual... Like what, what the... You know, like what you would tell them at wrestling schools, I guess. What is the weather-themed name most commonly associated to the move that is technically... A scooping brain buster. The snowplow? Very good. That's 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 strong work right there. Yes. Al Snow's version of the scooping brain buster is the snowplow. And our last one, very similar. What is the name we most know the fireman's carry face buster as? Fireman's carry face buster. The F5? Excellent work. That that is impressive. Yes, the F5 is technically a fireman's carry face buster. I had to look that yeah. shit up because <laughs> that is not what I would have picked for that one. So you did great. You, <laughs> the, the Your knowledge of moves, I was not expecting you to be that good. You, you messed up some of the uh, sort of the old timey ones, but I would not have done as well on that. So good job. Don't keep score. But hey, you know, in our hearts, we know you did well. So, Kramer, I think we've done the job for Stormageddon. This feels like one that we will not remember in about two months. I'm, I, the minute I am done recording, I am done with this. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine I will ever think about this movie again. Let's hope that the movie you pick next is one that, that will be memorable. Oh, this is going to be memorable because um, we're going a little wild here. As you may know, I am the wild card of this show. Yeah, I don't like it. No, you're not going to like this at all. <laughs> Great. You're going to hate this. Um, so we're about to do something very special. It's almost Father's Day. Uh, it's right around the corner. 
as you know, fathers play an important part of our show. Nepotism has led to your father getting his own segment on the show. <laughs> um, my father is seeking legal counsel because he has been banned from the show. Yes, well, hey, that, that's that's on him, not on us. <laughs> but we're not talking about that. We're going to be celebrating Father's Day with a Movie Marks special double feature. We will be watching an episode of the 1994 television series. Oh, God. Burke's Law. What the fuck is Burke's Law? <laughs> this is episode 12 from season one called Who Killed Skippy's Master? Listen, first of all, fuck you. Listen to me. You didn't You didn't have to say season one because it's implied that Burke's Law only had one season. So uh, It's not because this is the reboot from when Burke's Law was a TV show in the 60s. Wait, there's two Burke's Laws? <laughs> yes. I just found out there was one a minute ago. Well, in this uh, episode, we will be featuring the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Oh, wow. Exactly. And the best thing to do is to pair that with his son. <gasps> we will be watching season five, episode three of Arrow, A Matter of Trust, which was the <laughs> debut of the evil Derek Sampson, played by the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Oh, man. This so is... this has got everything you hate. It's got middle episodes of series that you haven't watched. <laughs> confusion you know what the first of all yeah i i mean i can't even i at least i know what arrow is so at least i have that but honestly the first thought that went through my head is this is a father's day thing you're doing how am i going to explain this stuff to my dad <laughs> to get his take on he's not gonna have any concept of what's even happening i am going to i bet you your father knows burke's law he honestly he probably burke i swear i've never heard of burke's law in my life ever <laughs> well that's gonna be wild so I, I've, even even though it's out of order, I'm actually kind of excited because this feels this feels random enough that I may enjoy it. Oh, you'll you'll enjoy it. <laughs> uh, you'll enjoy it too, listeners. So subscribe to us wherever you're listening now. Like, rate, review, all that good stuff. You can follow us on Instagram at movie.marks or on Twitter at movie underscore marks. Uh, some of our in, uh, intro music and bumper music is by Ryan Sinisi. You should Google him, check out his stuff. If you have suggestions for movies we should cover or comments on a movie we've done, if you want to do Ignorance is Bliss, for these two television episodes <laughs> tell us about them why not do that you can email us at themoviemarks at gmail.com that is t-h-e moviemarks at gmail.com and of course we're still actively seeking corporate sponsorship of any kind much like this movie I mean I would be down with a weather channel sponsorship they have a they, the weather listen the weather channel has money to burn you ever watch the weather channel they spend like billions of dollars on like weather recreations and shit they got money to burn. And then sometimes in the middle of the day, they have weird reality shows now. Yeah, every channel is just is just ruined. Nothing is what it says it is anymore. You mean all of those great independent movies on IFC? <laughs> <laughs> or or how AMC is now just... <laughs> the Walking, Walking Dead, Dead for 24 hours. Yeah, that's all it is. Nine different Walking Dead series. Anyway, I don't even know what I was saying about the end of this show. It's, it feels like it's over, though. <laughs> as, as a show or just this episode? <laughs> just, just everything. Until next time, maybe, question mark. I'm Chris Sacco. I'm Chris Kramer. And we're the Movie Marks. You are not programmed to understand. You are programmed to kill.
look, we know what's going on. We just need to find out what's on this disc. Do you have anything that could read something so old? I, I don't, um, please. Uh, all the outdated tech was moved to the library for a donation or trash. I thought this was the library. Uh, no, not here, the old library. Show us. Okay, sure.